Thank you, guys. And uh, hi, everybody. It's really great to be back and see you. It really is. You can see it on my face. I'm happy to be here. Uh, please get your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 4, uh, as the passage we read. I'll be looking at that as we go through, and I'll pray for us uh, right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word spoken through the Son, uh, and, and we thank you that you have spoken to us today, and you'll continue to do that. Uh, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would give us uh, minds that pay attention, uh, that don't drift. Lord, we pray you would give us hearts uh, that believe and obey, uh, so that we might endure by faith to the very end uh, when we see you face to face. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, well, it, it is great, can I tell you, to have the privilege of preaching the Word of God to real people uh, in the room. Uh, the last 17 weeks we've been, of course, doing the live stream. Uh, we've been preaching to the little camera up the back there. Hello, everybody who's still on live stream. Great to have you with us. Uh, it's good to be here as well. And, um, and, and the camera is great, uh, a great audience, because the camera is always watching and listening, right? very attentive, takes everything in. Uh, but the camera is also uh, quite terrible to preach to uh, because it doesn't laugh, uh, it doesn't smile, uh, it doesn't nod along, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't give you that look that says, yes, I understand. Uh, also doesn't give you that look that says, what is he talking about? Okay, that, they are helpful looks, okay? You can give me both those looks and, and that is helpful. Uh, but it is good to have a living group of people uh, to hear the living word of God um, because God's Word, it's not, a, it's not a lifeless thing like a camera. Uh, we tell the camera what to do. We put it there. Uh, the Bible's not like that. Uh, the Bible is God's living and active Word. Uh, as we heard last week, uh, it is a Word that cuts uh, and exposes what is inside us, our deep thoughts, our intentions. Uh, as, as we read last week, we can see this passage uh, the effect of the word of God is that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom he must give account. Wow. Welcome back to church. Are you ready to be cut by the word of God? Yeah. It's funny that people are here for that. It's, it's cool. Um, and we also heard last week that if we're going to enter God's eternal rest, uh, we must be people who believe the word of God and are obedient to the word of God. But I hope you can feel the tension in that. Right? It's the same word that says we must you know, believe and obey it. It also shows us how weak we are at believing and obeying and how sinful we are. Right? There's a tension there. I mean, I wonder, how have you gone this week believing and obeying the word of God? Uh, you don't have to tell me. Uh, God knows exactly how you have gone this week. Right, so as we think about that, how can we have any confidence to come before God when we know and he knows how weak and how sinful we are? Right, that's the tension I think the author wants us to feel as we come to this passage today. Uh, he wants us to feel a little bit desperate, a little bit exposed before God, a little bit weak, so that when we see Jesus, our great high priest, as he's called today, when we see him, uh, we will see how wonderful it is uh, that he is our high priest. And so the author has already told us uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, to fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle 
and high priest. And today he does just that. Uh, He fixes our thoughts on Jesus, our high priest, uh, to encourage us uh, and to comfort us with that truth. Because knowing Jesus as our high priest, that is all the confidence you need to approach God and all the confidence you need to know that he will help you in your weakness. Uh, So firstly, we're going to look at Jesus, our high priest. Uh, It's clear the author knew the people he was writing to. They knew what a high priest was. Maybe we don't. So here is another previously in the Bible. We had rest last week, uh, this week, just looking at the high priest. Uh, So if we go back to Exodus, uh, think back to Exodus in your minds. Uh, That is when God rescued Israel from Egypt uh, and he entered into this close relationship with them where he would be their God, they would be his people. Now, but here's the problem. God is holy, the people are sinful. Right? That's like a box of matchsticks when you have a relationship with a bonfire. Okay? That's not going to work. And so God made a way for it to work. Right? He gave them his law, uh, he gave them the temple where they would worship him, uh, and he gave them priests. Right? He appointed Aaron and his sons Uh, to work as priests. And we read in Hebrews a good summary of what the priest does. So Hebrews 5.1. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. So you see there, priests were appointed to represent the people to God, uh, mainly in the work of offering the animal sacrifice to atone for the sins so that the holy God and and the sinful, atoned for sinful people uh, could live together. They served this relationship between God and his people. And so how how good is it to have priests? How good for Israel to have priests uh, and to live with God? It's a great thing. Uh, But as we see in Hebrews, and we're going to keep seeing, is that the priests were really good, uh, but Jesus is a better priest. Jesus is the great high priest. So we're going to look at this today and we see it in two ways. We see Jesus uh, glorified and gentle. He is our glorified high priest and our gentle high priest. And so after talking about the earthly high priests uh, in Hebrews here, uh, the author makes the link to Jesus in verse 5. He says, In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, But God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And so like Aaron, uh, Jesus uh, did not appoint himself high priest. Uh, He didn't take on that glory himself. Uh, But God appointed him uh, and God glorified him into that role. And this happened uh, when he raised Jesus from the dead. We read about that in Acts 13. Paul spoke about that. Uh, He declared to the world, this is my son. Uh, And in verse 6, it tells us, you are a priest forever. And right, it was at the resurrection that this was declared uh, because his life had been a preparation for that role. And we talk a lot about the death and the resurrection of Jesus at church, which is good and right. Uh, We might not talk as much about his life and, and how important that was. Uh, But the two go together. Uh, They are inseparable. 
And so we read about Jesus' life here in verse 7. So have a look at that and, and read on with me. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and, once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. You see, the, the, he focuses here on Jesus' life, on his, on his perfect submission to God and his obedience to the will of God to the point of death through his suffering. Uh, and that is what perfectly qualified Jesus to be our great high priest, to be the source of eternal salvation for us. And so that is why God glorified him uh, to that role forever. Right? Jesus now serves uh, that relationship between us and God as our high priest forever. Uh, God has glorified him to that place. And so what effect should, should knowing this have on us? Now that's what we read in Hebrews 4.14. So we're going back to the start of our reading. It says, Therefore... Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Right, so we have this great high priest uh, in heaven at the right hand of God. Right? Don't miss those words. We have him. He is there for us. Right, this is the faith that we profess. Right? That Jesus the Son of God is our perfect representative before God. Right? He is serving the relationship between us and God. And so we know, we can be confident, uh, we are welcome in God's presence because of that. Right? And so what do we do? Let us hold firmly to that. Right? Hold firmly to that truth. Never let it go. Right? Hold on to it, particularly in your sin when you feel guilty, when you feel unworthy, when you feel exposed because of your sin, right, hold on to that. You can come into the presence of God, uh, not because you are worthy, but because Jesus is and he welcomes you into God's presence. Look to Jesus who makes you worthy at God's right hand. And, and as I was thinking about this, I think it's also really important to hold on to now, but for our whole lives, particularly as you approach the end of life, and with all the fears and anxieties that can come with that, hold on to this truth. As you run those last few laps of your life, hold on to Jesus, your high priest, in the heavens for you. It'll be, it's, it's so incredibly comforting to know that when you take the step from this life to the next into eternity, he will be there and he will welcome you. Right, hold on to that truth your whole life until your last day. Now, uh, the next one. Um, now, look, Jesus glorified can feel you know, very distant and far away and sort of beyond us. Uh, and so the author then balances that truth uh, with the truth that Jesus is also our gentle high priest. Uh, and really, this is about how Jesus feels about us and how he deals with us today. And if you think about, you know, the conception of, of gods in human history, um, there was never anyone like Jesus. 
right? The gods were always sort of thought of as distant. Uh, they were so high and far beyond us. Uh, they were sort of they were beyond feeling what we feel as mere mortals, uh, and they were beyond really caring about what happened to us on earth. They didn't really care about our suffering. They were so far beyond us. Uh, but Jesus does care, uh, and He knows how we feel, because He was a God who came near. Uh, he was God who became man and lived among us. And so he talks about that here in Hebrews 4.15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So Jesus is able to empathise with our weakness. Right? He knows uh, how we feel. He's able to feel along with us because he has been where we are. He has been tempted like we are, uh, with one major difference. He didn't sin. Now think about Jesus' life. Uh, he experienced greater temptation than we ever will. All right, Satan doesn't have to work very hard to get us to sin. Uh, a lot of the time it feels too easy for him uh, because we are weak. Right? We're weak you know, physically and spiritually. You know, we have bodies that don't do the things we want them to do, knees that don't work, backs, minds, hearts, all kinds of things. We're weak. Uh, we're also weak spiritually. Right? We, we don't do the things we want to do to obey God. We have a heart that says, yes, I want to do what God says, but how often do we not do those things? Uh, we are weak. When we are tempted, we sin. Uh, but Jesus, uh, he was tempted as we are, uh, but he never sinned. Satan employed the full force of his powers to try and get Jesus to fall. Uh, Jesus never gave in. Imagine the strength he had. And, and, and because he is so strong, because he never sinned, he's able to help us. Uh, Jesus knows our weakness and he desires to help us in our weakness. I think about Jesus uh, kind of like a parent. Uh, parents, when their kids are suffering and in pain, they don't just see that, right? they feel it. And their heart is drawn out to their child and they, they want to help them. They have compassion upon them. And so it is with Jesus. Uh, he feels what we feel. Uh, and he cares for us and he's able to help. And when he helps, uh, he deals gently with us. Uh, just like the high priests uh, for Israel, Jesus is like them. Hebrews 5.2. Uh, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. Now, I've, uh, you've probably had people in your life who are not very gentle. Um, I've had coaches in the past who were not gentle at all. You make a mistake, they go off. They're kicking chairs, they're shouting... And the advice, just do better. doesn't help very much. And we can naturally think that you know, God's a bit like that. You know, he's just disappointed with us. Why, why can't we do better? But we need to get that false picture out of our head because uh, he tells us differently. Right? And we need to listen to what he's saying. 
Now, I've been, I've been so helped by this book, uh, Gentle and Lowly. I've been promoting it here at church, and, and I'd love you to read it. Um, we're, we're out of copies, which is good, but if you want one, let us know. We can get you one. I've been so helped because this book looks at the heart of Jesus for sinners and sufferers, and, and it really replaces those false ideas we have about God uh, with the truth of how God feels about us. And so one of the, one of the passages from this book Uh, that I found helpful, uh, commenting on this passage, uh, the author writes, Jesus does not throw his hands up in the air when he engages sinners. He is calm, tender, soothing, restrained. He deals with us gently. And when he does, he is doing what is most natural and fitting to him. And so what effect should this have on us? Oh, Hebrews 4.16 tells us. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. All right, so we should approach God with confidence. Again, not confidence in ourselves because uh, we are weak and we are sinful, but it is confidence in Jesus, our gentle high priest. Uh, we can be confident that he knows what we're going through, that he feels what we feel, but also that he desires to help us. Uh, we can be confident of receiving mercy, right? That, that love that covers our sin and restores us into his image. Right? We see Jesus dealing with mercy in the Gospels with people all the time. Um, we see him, he has compassion on them. Right? He comes near, he has meals with them, he speaks with them, he touches them, uh, he restores them. Uh, and Jesus hasn't changed. He's still the same, and that is how he deals with us. He has mercy upon us. And we can also be confident of finding grace. And here, the grace we're talking about is, is the strength we need uh, to resist temptation uh, and to obey God. Right, it's like uh, when Jesus prayed for Peter in the Gospels and the other disciples. Uh, he said this. He says, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Right, and Jesus hasn't changed. Uh, he does the same for us. Uh, he prays for us. He gives us strength uh, to be obedient to him. Right? And to persevere in that be- obedience, as we heard last week, and we'll hear more about in Hebrews, uh, Jesus wants to give us that help to endure. All right, but for now, uh, as we've heard about today, how good is it to have Jesus, our great high priest, glorified and gentle? Right? He is in heaven for us, uh, but he is also with us and near to us. Right? He is perfect in power, uh, but he is also gentle with, with us as he deals with us. Right? And so, so knowing that, right, as we live with sin and weakness in this life, uh, as, we, as we live with suffering, uh, what effect should that have upon us, our day-to-day, our lives in relationship with God? Well, it should make us want to come to God in prayer often. Uh, and also come with great confidence. 
And so I just want to leave us now just with, with two questions to ask yourself uh, as you come to God in prayer, just to frame uh, the conversation, who God is, how he feels about you. So just two questions that come out of what we've been talking about today. So firstly, what is my, my, what is my confidence to approach God? Well, my confidence is Jesus, my glorified high priest, uh, who is in heaven uh, at the right hand of God for me. Right? He is the source of salvation for all of us. And so he is the reason that we can approach God in prayer. And secondly, uh, what is my confidence of finding help? Well, my confidence is Jesus, my gentle high priest. Uh, he knows my sin. He knows my weakness. But he desires to help. And he will be merciful, he will be gracious, he will deal gently with you. And he will grow you to make you more like him and to help you persevere. And so we have a great high priest. Uh, let us hold on to him and let us approach him with confidence uh, today and every day until we get to see him face to face. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray for those things now. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you how it reveals truth to us. We thank you for Jesus, our high priest, uh, who lived that perfect life, uh, who died for our sin, but who rose again and is glorified at your right hand. Uh, Lord, we know he is there for us. Uh, he is the source of our salvation. Father, we pray you would help us to fix our thoughts on Jesus, our high priest. Father, we pray that you would uh, draw us to yourself in prayer often uh, and with great confidence because, Lord, we know that you desire to help us, uh, to show us mercy and grace and to grow us like Christ. And, Lord, we thank you for this. Uh, and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.